0: Punk's not dead, and neither is New Wave. Join Buzz and Ben on Static Rage, the punk and New Wave album review podcast. Welcome back again, everyone, to Static Rage, the punk and post-punk and New Wave podcast. I am Ben, and as always, is Buzz. How are you doing out there this wonderful afternoon?
1: I don't know how wonderful it is,
0: but I'm doing okay. (laughs) Well, mine's wonderful because I have a... A, well, what is this? This is about a 32 ounce blender bottle full of
1: white Russians that I just mixed up. So I'm, I'm doing great. I myself am enjoying a refreshing herbal tea as I have to drive here pretty soon, so I can't be drinking.
0: That is very responsible of you, and I wholeheartedly appreciate that. What are we doing today, aside from just shooting the shit?
1: Well, today we're going to go over a very, I think, I think they're an interesting band. Uh, We're going to be going over TSOL's Dance With Me. And for those that don't know, TSOL stands for True Sounds of Liberty. Uh, Before we get too far into this, they started out as a very left-leaning hardcore punk band uh, before this album came out. And when this album came out, it kind of changed things around. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. Um... But yeah. they did did a little bit of uh, back and forth. They played with um they played with a few other bands. I know they played with Dave Kennedy's for a little bit, mostly like doing like stage openings, things like that. So when this first album came out, it was kind of a kind of made people get taken aback because it's not what they were expecting. Um, but let's go over the specifics real quick. So this is called Dance with Me. It was released in 1981. The length is 25 minutes and 50 seconds, so it's not very long. Um, What you're going to have here is you're going to have on your personnel, Jack Grissom, who is going to be lead vocals. He is credited, however, as Alex Morgan. You're going to have Ron Emery on guitars and co-lead vocals on I'm Tired of Life and the lead vocals on Die For Me. And it's very important to pay attention to that guy because we'll go back to him. Mike Roche on bass guitar and Todd Barnes on drums. Yeah, and um,
0: I think it is very important to to state that this band is often listed as coming out of hardcore punk, and to Buzz's point, their EP they released in 78, so this came out in 81, their first full length, they had an EP in 78, apparently, and I've never heard it, I'm just going off what... Other people say in the scuttlebutt on the internet is that was actually a hardcore punk album that was very left leaning, which kind of makes sense because they're, they're from Redondo Beach, California, so they're, they're kind of in that same vein geographically as, you know, the Circle Jerks, Bad Religion, um, Black Flag, how much crossover there actually is in playing with those guys, I don't know for sure. And to Buzz's point, the dead Kennedy's, who we'll get into when we talk about something else later. But this is not that. This is, to me, this feels like they did that, then they heard a Misfits album and went, holy fuck. And really just kind of grafted more towards that horror influenced, horror themed sound. And I don't know if that's what happened. The timeline could be considering that this was recorded in 81 and released that same year. But it really just does seem to me that they were kind of drifting out of the political arena for whatever reason, maybe because it was just so crowded in that area at the time and and started doing this. um, I guess you could call this death rock because it's not exactly horror punk or goth, but
1: yeah. Yeah. So death rock is that um, in between of, horror punk like you get from say the misfits and it's not quite goth um it's still it's to me it's still kind of hardcore punk it's just not maybe as fast um but what makes this particular style of music is you're going to have um horror type lyrics whether they be from film or just designed to shock you um you could almost even have like an you have some atmosphere too uh i know with death rock it doesn't seem as obvious as it does with goth because it's faster but typically if i remember if i remember this correctly it's um you typically keep like a four a four by four tempo throughout the music so it's it's not super fast but it's not super slow either um, and you're creating an atmosphere usually with the bass and drums while your guitar can get a little discordant which you'll hear on this album uh, it's not a straight up like hardcore distortion guitar um there's a little bit of discord in it it's You can kind of see where some people might get the goth element from it if you listen to that. Um, But then, of course, when the lyrics start up, it's like, yeah, this is not a goth band. This is definitely a punk band. Um, And to Ben's point about this being um, a a move away from their initial EP, um, apparently, I guess what was happening is Jack was wearing makeup on his face because he was getting pissed off at the surfer punks and people were calling it goth. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and I know that he wore a lot of black on stage um, prior to this album coming out. And so they started writing some songs um, that did kind of lend themselves more to this genre of music than hardcore punk did. And you're going f- I'm to... I'm sure you can find this up online, too. Um, but they apparently had been writing it before their first EP came out. And then after that, what they did not do which is one of the few flaws i have of a lot of bands is i feel like they should have changed the name because true sounds of liberty sounds like a very political oriented band well then you hear this and you're going oh um well the the cover is death in a cemetery and the album's called dance with me obviously an allusion to dance with death so you're thinking it's still going to be kind of punk nope it's all going to be straight up death rock so it's The first time I heard it, I was not ready for it, so that was my first take.
0: Yeah, I do agree with that. I do think they fall backwards into True Sounds of Liberty fitting them because, as you had mentioned before we started recording, almost every album sounds different. So in that way, that moniker fits somewhat but yeah, and I and I don't know this, and you may, but I wonder if the transition from the full title to just TSOL happens somewhere in here when they're diverging away from their hardcore sound. They're like, well, we've already got a bad name. People know us. We're getting bookings. Let's just shorten it to the letters and go by the initials instead of the, the full bad name.
1: And, I mean, that very well could have been as well. Um, like I said, I'm not. I do like this band a lot, but they're not, I'm not as into them as I am other bands, so um, I'd, I wouldn't be able to answer that specifically. Um, but this album is definitely different. And like Ben had just brought up, we were talking before we started recording. With TSOL, they're one of those bands that each album is different. No two albums are going to sound exactly the same. Um, the album that comes out after this, called Weathered, Stat- uh, Weathered uh, Statues, they're very, they're very more goth. And I'm, I'm, I, I misquoted that. It's Beneath the Shadows is the second album. It's more goth, but it's not like the goth we've been talking about. It's more like along the lines of The Cure. And a lot of people didn't like that when they came out with it. Um, and of course, we'll get into that a little bit later um, down the road. But yeah, this this album is definitely a death rock album if you've ever heard bands like 45 Grave or if you've ever heard bands um who else is death rock uh christian death is another one it kind of fits in that moniker but they're definitely lean more punk than they do just straight up death rock at least on this album
0: i completely agree with that um and honestly this album is weird for me because it's neither fish nor fowl. it's not there you know it uh, they're kind of forging their own path here in a way, and I appreciate that. But in doing so, it it's kind of taking the weaknesses of both because it's not quite <sighs> – how can I put this? It's not aggressive enough to really be punk, but it's also too sloppy to be really goth. So it kind of falls into that in-between, in-between space. You know, and you can say what you want about horror, punk, or whatever, but this isn't quite that. And, again, this almost has rockabilly elements into it, and in that I feel rockabilly when it is, or not rockabilly, um, psychobilly. When psychobilly is doing this, a lot of times they're just throwing this stuff in there to, to kind of make fun of it, and there's not as much of a sense of, believing in it that being you know as serious about it as say the misfits or danzig or any of that stuff and i know that we rely really heavy on him as an example but there's a reason for that this is trying to do more of what the cult does but it's just not there musicianship wise for me Um, in that it it is horror tinged rock and roll but this is horror tinged punk because the, the playing isn't quite Good enough to to really be rock and roll, if you get what I'm saying. And the, another thing they borrow from Psycho Billy is the fact that some of the lyrics are in here just to shock. So in that way, it's going back to the shock rock of say Alice Cooper or Screaming Jay Hawkins or anything, which they do that pretty well. But the the elements haven't quite congealed on this album, in my opinion.
1: So that was kind of my takeaway with it, and I want to start out by saying I do like this album, but I did mention this is not my favorite band. It's not my. It's not definitely not my favorite punk album, but there as far as the design just as for shock value. Um, I'll just go ahead and use this as an example the song Code Blue. Um, that's probably my favorite song from this band, and I know a lot of people. It's kind of what they've heard. Um, it's about necrophilia, but they do yeah. it in. They do it to me in a humorous way, like like the first time you hear it it might shock you, but it's almost like you you can tell this guy's just messing around with it and he's fucking around when he's doing the lyrics, Um, which I appreciated. And so I guess that's where I got my enjoyment from it is I could still see that a lot of the lyrics on here tend to be very tongue in cheek, um, at least for me. Um, And just a couple of quick things before we get on with this album I wanted to mention too I forgot to mention when we were talking about this band overall Um, so if you've ever seen the movie Return of the Living Dead uh, they have a song in there um, which I would hope most people that into horror movies have Um, there's also another movie called Suburbia that came out in 1984 that is a very good film it's a Roger Corman film that's about a bunch of punks living together in a house and TSOL makes an appearance and does like two songs during like one of the bigger scenes so you ever curious about what they sound like but you don't want to really look up on youtube you can just look up those movies and find out the songs and there you go um but as far as this album goes man i'm I'm kind of agreeing with you on here ben it's it's nothing that stands out but it's not bad and it's kind of all over the place again the first time i heard it, it was very all over the place for me
0: Yeah, I would agree that it's all over the place, and I don't know, and I would agree that I don't necessarily think it's bad, but it's also not good. Um, it's inoffensive. There are moments of brilliance. I like Code Blue. I'm Tired of Life is pretty good. Um, funeral March, Die for Me. I mean, those are all solid tracks, and again, the total length is only 25 minutes and 50 seconds, so at least it doesn't stick around and I'll stay its welcome either. This is, and it's a lot of ways, and it's kind of surprising that they had the EP first, and this is their first full length. Because this, to me, sounds like an EP. This sounds like a band that is still looking for their sound, and I guess that'll kind of be their the story of TSOL for a while, since they do change sound so much from record to record. It's that they're just they're still looking and evolving, and kudos to them for playing what they want, and playing what they're interested in again, and kind of being a, a Bit of a trailblazer in this respect, but it really just sounds like uh, if they had had, but you know, I guess they had three years of gigging between their EP and this, so they should be better musicians. And maybe uh, I'm being too critical of them on that for what this podcast is, but. You know i think if they had inflicted just a little bit more surf rock and, and kind of gone psychobilly, that this would have been a better record than it is as a death rock record in my opinion
1: yeah i so to me it feels like if if this is the direction they wanted to do i kind of wish they would have stayed with it because i really feel like they could have learned a lot from this album and they stayed a, like a death rock band they probably would have been okay um but that didn't happen um and i've already mentioned the next album after this is more like sounds like you hear from the cure and susie and the banshees which isn't bad but don't call yourself a punk band if you're gonna do that um and it's it's something i know it left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth and after the second album jack grissom left for a while so we'll probably get that here a little bit later on but as far as the tracks go um like I said, Code Blue is probably my favorite song on here. Um, Sounds of Laughter is very catchy to me because I love the bass bass driven in that. Um, Tired of Life is good. Uh, Funeral March is pretty good. Um, Dance With Me is pretty good. Everything else just didn't really have a lasting effect on me. So this is one of those albums, like about half the album is okay for me and the other half is just like, why is this here? Um, that's, that's what it felt like.
0: Yeah, another complaint that I have and this could be a theatrical thing, is I'm not sure that where Jack Grisham is from. I mean, I think he's actually from the Bay Area, but, I mean, his familiar heritage, because it sounded to me like he was trying to sound British on this, and that reminded me of back when we began this, where we were talking about how punk is so closely associated with being from the United Kingdom, despite the proliferation of American bands doing the this, this genre, and he seemed like he was falling into that and trying to ape a British accent. Maybe he wasn't. This was my first exposure to this um, a full album by this lineup. But that really kind of took me out of it. And I don't know if maybe he does just have a slight British accent for some reason, or he was faking it. But it, it, I found it distracting.
1: The only times it came out um, to me, because I know I know exactly what you're talking about, um, but like in in light like Code Blue, for example, when he starts, when the song slows down, he's talking about late at night, you know, I'm going to the mortuary. Um, it's, very, it's very obvious there, and I feel like he did that through the rest of this album, but I almost wonder if it was almost like on purpose. Um, because there's a lot of death rock bands that try to have that very droll, dry sense. Um, and it's almost like they are trying a little too hard, but I almost wonder if that's part of the shtick as well. I'm not going to say one way or the other, cause I don't know, but I, right. if I had to guess, I feel like that's what it is. Um, but again, I'm not going to say for certain.
0: Yeah. yeah that's kind of what I, my thoughts on it too, is I felt that it was a conscious choice, but I didn't want to discount that maybe it wasn't, you know, um, But, yeah, you know, it is what it is, product of its time, all that good stuff. You got anything else you want to say, or do you want to just jump into grading
1: it? Uh, I think I want to go ahead and jump into grading it, unless you got something else. No, I don't. So, for me, musically, this is not a bad band, and I I know what they're capable of later, because I I am a fan of this band, despite what I'm about to say about this. Um, They do get better. I mean, it's kind of like at the end of... uh, at the end of uh, the first Ted movie when they're, when they're all shitty and, and Rufus is like, oh, they get better? Yeah, this is, this, is what, this is one of those issues. They get better. If you don't like this album, I would tell you listen to something else that they've done. You might be pleasantly surprised. With that said, um, I do feel like they're very competent musicians, even on this one. Um, they're trying to keep the chaos up a little bit, so I can kind of respect that, um, but it ends up almost sounding like background noise for me which is sad because I actually do like the discordant guitars. Um, and I do like the bass driven lines at some point. I mean, at certain points it's that you can definitely tell it's there. So I appreciate that. That said, musically, this is closer to like a B minus for me. Um, like I feel like they could have done more and it could have been better musically. Um, but that's kind of where it sits for me. Like it's, it's to me musically, it's better than just okay, but just slightly, which is why I'm getting a B minus. Now on the punk scale, um, it's kind of a forgettable album. Um, I'm going to rate this as a C- because, except for the songs I listed, all the other songs on here I could care less if I ever hear again. Um, but, it, again, this is what happens when you have a band that doesn't exactly know what they're doing yet and wants to experiment, and the experiment didn't turn out too well. So, bonus for all of us is they learned from that and moved on and didn't go back to the style of music. So there we go.
0: Again, I want to give them credit for playing what they wanted and kind of being a pioneer in the death rock field. With that said, to me, the musicianship is just okay. There is one good song on the album and a couple other okay songs, and most of it's really forgettable. I would relegate this to... If you are... Again, and in the world of streaming, it doesn't really matter. But if you're like, you know, like we were talking about in one of our last episodes with uh, having a physical copy of something. if you, I would say that if you were looking to, there's only three types of people who need this in their physical collection. If you're looking to gather up physical copies of all this Bay Area punk to, to have the entire area sound, completely get it. If you are a TSOL junkie, in which case you're going to be mad at me here in just a minute, and you're a completionist and, and want the album, I get it. If you are just really into this death rock sound and want the earliest experiments and all the derivations of death rock, gothic punk, psychobilly, all of that, if that is, if that is your sound, if you are you know, famous monsters and and all that stuff. Not the Misfits album, but like the magazine, and, and that's your aesthetic. And like you've got the uh, Universal monster tattoos and stuff like that. Um, totally, I can understand why you would want this. For me, as just uh, a fan of punk, as loud aggressive music, who also likes horror and like some horror goth, but I have I guess a a, a pretty high standard. I suppose when it comes to that, I consider this something that on streaming you go and get code blue and you stick it on a playlist and you are happily surprised when it comes on because it's probably the catchiest song about necrophilia out there. Um, other than there's something obvious that I'm missing, but I can't think of it right now, so I'm just going to go on. You tell me what you think of the catchiest song about necrophilia is. How about that? You can hit me up at Bend Dangerously on Twitter, or you can catch us on Facebook by searching for the hashtag Static Rage. I
1: give this a D D+. So there you have it. Um, speaking of catchy songs about necrophilia, I, I hate to bring this up because I had a phase of this in high school. I don't ever want to go back there again, but I remember most of the songs because a, a lot of my friends do it in my gaming circles. Um, ICP has a few songs by Endicrophilia so yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, are, are they as catchy? I don't know, but yeah, that that's like the only other time I can really think. Well, no, uh, Christian Death might have a few, and and there might be some from Forty Five Grave, but I don't remember anything like really sticking out like this one did.
0: I, yeah, I can't imagine that there's not an overview of them in gothic rock. I just can't think of anything. I know there's afraid the "dead girls can't say no," but I can't remember if that's from a song or if that was just something else. Um. Anyway, a fairly morbid topic, but it is what it is. And if you're into that thing, what I mean, not actual necrophilia, but uh, there's actually a really cool movie about necrophilia, ironically enough. Are you try to yeah. tell us something? No, but <laughs> it's um, it's called Kissed. If you're into independent films that are about weird, fucked up stuff, I highly recommend you check it out. It's Canadian movie about a girl who is a mortician's assistant who is a necrophiliac and she falls for this boyfriend and he's like trying to understand and he can't. And then like finally, spoiler alert, I guess, commits suicide so that she can truly be with him in the way that she wants to be. It's a fucked
1: up movie, but it's good. Hmm. That is fucked up. It's not as fucked up as a... As a uh, Serbian film, but that's that sounds pretty fucked up. Oh, is that the Dead Girls one? No, a Serbian. I think it's called a Serbian film. I I only watched it once. It wasn't a very good movie, but it, the guy, the director, was trying to be political about it. But it's about mm. a dude that's like in the porn industry and like it. This he gets involved with these people that are trying to make him have sex with like dead bodies, and it involves like like fucked up things. Like they they they. At some at one point in the movie like kill a child and they expect him to have sex oh, with it like right. it's a very it's a very fucked up movie but yeah that's that's fucked up
0: it's so like uh, something like eight millimeter but eight Ooh, millimeter well.
1: was good though yeah and, no yeah. it was
0: no it was good well and that was really good because it didn't actually show anything it was just a reaction to the t- tape which I thought was a brilliant move um anyway we've spent a lot of time on that um but join us again next week when we'll be talking about we'll be talking about
1: change a change would do us good what kind of change oh well, a change for today I think oh but I guess I guess it's more of a question like are we really getting changed today yeah is it a change today question mark it is so change today question mark
0: another TSOL album but with a half of the band gone
1: uh tune in next week when we talk about if this band has improved at all
0: <laughs> three years later on their third album But thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Farewell, not you.
0: We do, we do.